the KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. Thanks, Angela and everybody. Welcome along to the show. Last night I sat at home uh, with my family filled with devastation, despair, shock and fear. Having just returned from my own nine-year-old daughter's parent-teacher meeting, I was appalled at the attack that occurred in Parnell Square East yesterday afternoon. I'm just devastated that a place that I know so well, the area where I went to school, the street that my family walked down just last week, suffered such an attack. It's an area filled with people that I know and love. Um, And to think that three children and their carer were brutally attacked, with some of them still in hospital in serious condition this morning, is just shocking to me. It must be devastating to the families, the victims themselves, the staff and pupils of Gwail School, Clarstermura, and the people who witnessed the scenes that unfolded. My feelings then sort of began to morph in, I suppose, into despair as crowds of people began to gather in what can only be described as a thuggish, hooliganish mindset, trying to turn you know, that horrific attack into an opportunity for them to act as the scum that they are. Um, how dare they claim to act in the name of Irish people, you know, waving our national flag as they hijacked our capital city and the men and women of our guards who are the, the real protectors of the peace and the beauty of this state. I was then shocked as O'Connell Street, the place where I got my first job, actually, um, just burned. Buses, guarded cars, a Lewis tram, cell light, fire brigades under attack, shops and businesses destroyed and looted. And this pack of hyenas laughing and whooping with joy as they stole sports clothing and a new pair of kicks, as I heard one of them describe the loot as. These people don't even know what challenges are facing the people of this country and they certainly don't speak for me and the vast, vast, vast majority of honest to goodness, right-minded people in this country. My feelings turned to fear, I suppose, for our future as I looked at the vitriol, the hate, the misinformation simply being vomited onto social media platforms throughout the evening. I went into my own teenage son who was at home and I showed him, I showed him some of these untruths that people were using to fuel their agendas. I decided to do that, you know, just to encourage him to think for himself so he was armed to be able to use his own judgment and correct these untruths within his own peer groups. I mean, we're only just recovering from a global pandemic. And to be honest with you, if we thought that was devastating, it's going to pale into insignificance by comparison if we allow hate to spread within the next generation. Yes, people should be encouraged to hold their children closer this evening, to hug them tighter as we sit down on sofas across the country for the family event of the year. But also be there for them, discuss them with them, teach them, teach them what it is to be a human, teach them what it is to have humanity for their fellow man. Uh, These people don't act in my name, that's for sure. I don't want to be associated with them as I'm sure many of you don't either. But I cherish the people of the emergency services. I'm proud of the good people of this country. And I'm in awe of the Brazilian Deliveroo person who acted to prevent the stabbing attack in Parnell Square being any more horrific than it was. People like him are welcome at my door anytime. What an evening yesterday. Black Friday today, but certainly yesterday. um, A devastating day for our country. Thankfully, nobody was killed but I do fear uh, for the future of the States. Joining me now on the show this morning, Stephen Brink, crime editor of the Irish Sun, who was on the streets last night. Stephen, you're very welcome along to the show. Uh, good morning. Um, tell us in factual terms what you saw yesterday evening on the streets of Dublin. 
Well, I wasn't on the streets, just to clarify there, it was my colleague who was on the streets, but him and I were engaging, you know, um, as uh, events started to unfold. But I was speaking to various members of the Gardaí um, who were there yesterday, also local residents from the north inner city. And I spoke to one mother there who I know quite well, you know, from the area and who just uh, couldn't believe what she was witnessing in all her years of living and, and working in that area to see such mayhem and such carnage unfold. And the concern that she had was that the people who were engaged in this outrageous behaviour did not seem to occur. And her fear was also that um, someone was going to lose their life because, according to her, like the, the mob was intent on causing as much damage as possible. She could see hatred in her eyes, is what she told me. She could see malice, she could see venom, and she just could not believe what was unfolding. And again, uh, when we speak to people who were there um, and when we get a grip of what happened there yesterday, and as you sum up there, the emergency services are the real heroes and the real heroes as well are the people who came to the aid of the poor children and their teacher um, in, in uh, Parnell Square East uh, yesterday afternoon. And I think they should be in our thoughts today uh, and not just those right-wing thugs who went on the rampage yesterday. And Stephen, as a media outlet, like like so many um, well-established media outlets right across the country, it was so mm-hmm. difficult yesterday to thrall through so much of the misinformation. Even the BBC yeah. in, in the UK incorrectly picking up on the fact that uh, supposedly the army had been put on the streets. Social media is yeah. such a dangerous place, not only in terms of creating these campaigns, but also in terms yeah. of uh, people accessing good information. It's such a cesspit, so it is. And even even this morning, you know, I was sent a message uh, on WhatsApp and this message um, was again calling on people to converge on the city centre this afternoon. And there's no way I'm going to share that because once again, you have people with a far right agenda, people who are anti-immigration, you know, people who are so um, rigid in, in their terminology and their ideology in terms of the, the immigration policy that the government has and indeed has had for many years. But what you have are, are people in the background, people perhaps grooming young children to bring them onto the streets to follow their warped sense of view. And it really is disturbing that to see those messages being played out yesterday. I mean, this was starting you know, within a half an hour of the kids and their teacher being attacked in, in Dublin where you know, calls were being made for people to go into the city centre to protest protest at immigration as they said it and but so much information misinformation as well relating to the the person of interest who was responsible for this horrific attack and other uh, issues as well so you do have to be very careful in, in terms of uh, what you're sharing and what you're, you're putting out there and as you say like the BBC talked about the army but you know what we could see yesterday like anything that I posted you know, for people who were there you know you can see what was taking place and you can, you can stand over that but one has to exercise extreme courage in the days ahead and it's social media and especially places like X you know formerly Twitter can be very you know dangerous platforms for these people to, to share and the, the, the concerns that the guards have is that there's not enough being done to constrict or restrict these hateful messages being placed out there and you know media outlets obviously have a duty of care you know we're bound by law to make sure our sources mm-hmm. are correct but also when we think about our own teenage children for example who would normally be on TikTok to experience a bit of fun they're being exposed yeah. to so much of this stuff as well how important is it that we as parents that we as a society um, take this bull by the horns and, and make sure our own young people are aware of this mis- misinformation mm-hmm. I, again, the way you summed it up there before I, I came on air there and speaking to your own 
uh, childer. I think it's very important uh, that you know our, our kids are informed of the dangers that are out there on social media and, and these various platforms, and and also to re to remind them of the the misinformation that is out there, the blatant lying that goes on on social media as well. And you know, because social media are it's being used as a platform to attract young people to these different forms of ideology just for their own selfish ends. But it's not going to be the people who put out these messages on social media who are going to be you know before the court and public order charges it's going to be young people so it is you know they're the ones who are going to be getting a criminal record therefore affecting their future prospects so i think it's vitally important that, that parents do um, raise uh, their concerns and just to, to remind children of the dangers that are out there on social media and just finally, Stephen, um, so many people this morning questioning our politicians about the actions of the guards um, do you believe the guards acted appropriately swiftly enough or, or could they have done more I think the guards did uh, what they could do with the, the, the resources at their disposal. And I, I spoke to a GRA representative yesterday and they did not want to go too far in terms of, you know, the issue of resources and manpower in light of what had happened to the, the children and their teacher. But I think it is a question that will have to be answered. I mean, but we all saw the footage of the guard being attacked on, on his own. And, you know, and then his bike being thrown over uh, the, the bridge and, and into the Liffey. So, you know, guards shouldn't be isolated in, in that way. The, the, the guard are saying that the, the, the whole area was contained by nine o'clock. My colleague who, who was on the ground there is saying something different, but there were still pockets of, you know, youths running around and targeting shops and, and vehicles in, in, in other areas of the city as well. So I, I think that will come where in terms of there will be a focus on how the guardie responded, but there, there certainly were, were questions being raised about were they prepared for such a, a, a high level of violence. Stephen Breen, Crime Editor of the Irish Sun. Thank you very much for your time this morning on the show. I'm also joined in studio um, by somebody who was very, very close uh, to the scenes yesterday, somebody who we know and uh, love so well, I suppose, our own Shane O'Keefe from Casey Laura Scoreline. Shane, we spoke to you earlier in the week about the play that you're involved in in the O'Reilly Theatre, literally just metres from, from where things kicked off yesterday. Tell me about what you saw and what you felt. Yeah, I felt very uneasy, Brian. I felt uneasy going up to Dublin known what had happened it was just right around the corner from the O'Reilly Theatre um, there was also a crash on the motorway on the way up so it, it felt felt very surreal to be going up into that situation and I went out to kind of clear my head with another actor and we were walking around and we, we passed by the top of Parnell Street and that's where all the media were with uh, all their cameras we went down the other end and it felt tense it, it it's hard to describe. Like, I'm six foot one. I'm I'm fifteen stone. I'm a big guy. Like, but I, I I did not feel comfortable there. I felt like I was. There's people doing calls to action, on their Twitter or on their X or whatever TikToks, saying we're going to march here, we're going to march there. The Lewises were stopped. They were using the tricolor in front of their, on the buses, and I felt like I was in Gotham. It was it like. It, it felt horrible mm. it really did I'm, and I'm quite I was quite affected by it I'm still affected by it the, there was helicopters flying around then I, I didn't know what was going on I, I've and never felt something like that before did you witness any of the attacks yourself I mean I don't mean the initial stabbing of course I mean no. the aftermath of these riots or did you simply get out of the area was, was the tension that palpable that you knew you had to leave before it, it kicked off it was disgusting like I I just walked there and there was about I'd say about 40 people there at that stage just shouting and roaring and it just felt really uncomfortable I felt really tense 
and there was people then coming towards it and I, wa- I just wanted to get out of there and within five to seven minutes that's when stuff started kicking off because we had another cast member Mikey Boland who was staying in Dublin we travelled to Dublin he was stayed in Dublin for the the run of the shows and he was around it and he was sending in messages and showing the actual start of all this for her and it was it was just it was it was surreal somebody else who was there Shane stay with us uh, Kilkenny woman Dee Gibney um, was actually in Dublin yesterday evening and she witnessed um, some of the aftermath some of the buses being set on fire Dee thanks for your time this morning Hiya Brian, how are you? Um, Shane describing there the tension that he felt in the area before things kicked off but you were caught up right in the heart of it. Why were you in Dublin yesterday evening and, and, and what did you witness? Yeah, well we were we were there to see Shane's show uh, Letters from the Front written by Donna Connor and Ollie Hennessy really looking forward to seeing it um, so you know went spent the day in Dublin was you know having dinner with my daughter we'd heard about what happened um, we were trying to to get across to park in Jervis Street, had to uh, abandon the car there on Usher's Key, and we said we'd walk. So as we were walking up the quays, just just endless traffic. You could hear sirens everywhere. You could see the police helicopter above us. We could suddenly see black smoke. We were kind of getting a bit nervous what's going on. We got up almost up to Bachelor's Walk, and then this bus was obviously just after being set on fire in front of us. Um, and it was, it, it, as Shane said, the tension. You could cut it with a knife. You could feel it. Everybody was just on edge. Um, O'Connell Street Bridge was just was just hundreds of people. Now there was just people just like us, just kind of want, trying to get on with our evening. Um, but there was yabbles, shouting, screeching. We could hear it. You could hear fireworks. Um, there was, uh, you know, we decided why we need to come back from this bus. There was just endless traffic, um, and you could hear a big bang. Not sure if it was the bus, but look, it just felt it felt really unsafe. And as we were actually walking along the quay, heading just away from away from the city. It was just groups of you know, yobbles, that's what I can describe, and they're just all marching towards the city, obviously, uh, you know, intent and, on, on, on causing trouble. And, and the, uh, Shane described himself as a six foot one, 15 stone Shane, yeah. male, um, very athletic, very fit. He was fearful before it even started. Uh, how were you and the rest of the group of people that you were with? I mean, you must have been terrified. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, as Shane knows me as well, five foot four woman, so quite small, not as big as Shane, um, but nervous, extremely nervous. Um, and you know, we we had kind of said, well, look, you know, we were heading his way, you know, up towards Parnell Street, so we kind of thought we were trying to go around back roads. We'd abandoned the car, um, trying to go around back roads, but it just didn't feel safe, and it just got to a stage where you got, no, look, this is this is not happening. We're not going anywhere near this. We need to keep away. And I think once we started walking back down the quay and seeing these groups of people, you mean, with the tricolours and, you know, just heading towards the city, it just, everybody was just feeling unsafe. And we were, there was a queue of cars there, um, and as we were walking back down the quay, the people were stopping asking us what's happening up there. And I was telling them, there's a bus on fire, you're not going anywhere. There was actually a, a young lady got out of her car to see what was going on. She was actually a guard off duty, was called in and it's stuck in this traffic, was going nowhere. You know, so I just felt for the guards last night. They really had their work cut out for them, you know. And you, men- was, you could feel the tension, you know. Yeah, you mentioned the guards there. I mean, they're, you know, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, just like all the rest of us. Um I, I saw again on social media last night an individual guard who'd become separated from his his, his colleagues and was was attacked by a group of five or six people. Now, you know, not that it should happen to anybody, but he was a fine strapping lad. Uh, but could could you sense the fear within the people 
that make up air on Garda Siakana and themselves? Yeah, well, uh, strangely enough, we didn't see any guards anywhere. We didn't, you can hear engines the whole time, but we didn't see any guards. There, was no, there just weren't enough of them. They couldn't be blocking off traffic because traffic was gridlocked around the whole area. There was nothing going anywhere. Um, you know, but you could, you know, that young woman that had to get back into her car and, and you know, tell them she's, she's stuck, she's not able to get to work. Um, I could just, I can only imagine, you know, like yourself, saw the videos. It just, I, can, I, I knew from people, just from talking to people standing around wanting to know what was going on, the nervousness and people getting back in their cars and just walking quickly away from the area. You could just feel it, you, you know, you, 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 you certainly, there, there was tension and the black smoke, you could smell the smoke, you know, and then there was fire, there was smoke coming from the other side, obviously Parnell Street side. And my daughter was on Twitter and could see riot police, the videos of the riot police. And we just thought, God, no, this is too dangerous. She just needs to get out of that, you know. Dee, just thinking, I mean, I've got Shane in studio, but as an Irish woman, so many of these people talk about acting in order to protect women and children within our society um, as an Irish woman do these people speak for you? They are not protecting me that is not protection that is that is thuggery that is just violence using that dreadful incident yesterday just to get out there and cause violence and attack the police who are, are supposed to be there looking after us all they're the ones protecting us not those yabos last night Dee Gibney um, Kilkenny woman did it take you long to get home last night? Um, it did. Yeah, it took it took a while just to just to get out of out of the city alone. Um, yeah, it, it, it took it took a while. But again, you know, sirens everywhere, and I'm sure if Shane was driving back to Kilkenny, you know, as you're driving back on the motorway, there was police cars whizzing by all the way back to Kilkenny. There was blue flashing lights. So obviously, you know, there was forces called in from all over to try and to try and help. So fair play to them all. Well, Dee, I'm glad you're safe this morning and um, thank you for your time. Shane O'Keefe uh, in studio. Um, Dee saying as a uh, as an Irish woman, these people certainly don't speak for her. Um, you know, you or I, if we were wearing a, a hoodie or a, a baseball cap or a jacket, we'd look exactly like these people. Do they speak for you? Nobody speaks for me. And I include the government in that as well. I, I, I don't have any trust in, in the government. I think this is a pressure cooker situation. I think people saying, oh, these people are right wing and these people are walk left. I think that is the complete antithesis to what a discourse and uh, a communication should be about. And it's just branding people certain things. I don't think those pe- people had a massive ideology. I think they were just thugs and some they were stoked up by people with ideologies. But um, no, they don't speak for me at all. Shannon Keefe, um, glad you're safe. Glad everybody else is safe. And thankfully... Uh Somehow, by the mercy of a God, whichever God that may be, um, we managed to get through that circumstance yesterday evening without anybody losing their lives. Uh, If you were in Dublin, if you saw anything, if you've got any thoughts this morning, how do you feel? Um, 083 306 9696. That's our dinner's ready text on WhatsApp line. You can call us. You can call us on the free phone number 1800 1996 96 or email the show, the KCLR daily at KCLR96FM.com. And we'll be continuing to talk about this topic throughout the show this morning we'll be hearing about the calls to protest here in Kilkenny Um, yes calls to protest here in Kilkenny also Uh, do stay with us on the KCLR Daily